Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm editor Candace Gibson, joined by staff writer Jane McGrath. Hey, Candace. I think that Vikings are some of the coolest people in all of history. They really are. They're like pirates um, times 10. <laughs> they're just like, they're so awesome. And I think that one of the best things about Vikings is that their religion, they were pagan, so they had a pantheon of gods, and their foes in the universe were evil giants and dwarves and dark elves. And it's just like a storybook come to life. I think it's just so fascinating. It is. Origin- their religion, sorry, is very fascinating in that, um, I guess everybody's heard of Thor. Uh, God of Thunder. Yeah, the God of Thunder with the hammer. He was actually, he was really strong, obviously, but he's also known as being kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> but he wasn't, what I found interesting is that he wasn't their ultimate god. They had a different ultimate god. Their, their um, Zeus, so to speak, was named Odin, and he was the main god. And they had this whole drawn-out like mythology about, yeah, like you said, the giants, and th- this battle would happen. I think it's called Rag uh, Norak. I'm not sure how that's pronounced. But, um... Uh, yeah, this, they had this whole idea that this battle would happen between their gods and the and the enemy giants, and that the world would be consumed in this fire and everything like that, and and just in the world would, would uh, there'd be enough members of both races to just barely survive a new world after that, and they just had this all mapped out for the future. Yeah, and it was sort of strange in the context that it was a very self defeatist sort of religion because yeah. they thought that evil would triumph over mm-hmm. good and. So Vikings and warriors would continue to fight alongside Odin, even in their afterlives. But evil would ultimately overcome the good, and the universe would be plunged into darkness and chaos. Yeah, who wants to who wants to make up a story like that? Like, <laughs> well, it got me thinking, Jane, because we know that Vikings have this reputation as being pillagers and raiders, and I thought maybe they were living for the here and now. You know, steal from all the good people and enjoy the money and the resources while you have them. That's true. That's an interesting insight. We may be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, so let's start back at square one. Viking itself is a term that the, the origins of which are, are pretty nebulous. It's sort of lost in the annals of history. And Viking history itself is, is also pretty nebulous because most of the written records about Vikings come from, uh, Christians because they were literate at the time. And when Vikings came, monasteries and churches were hotspots for them to raid because there were so many riches contained within. So, of course, you know, the monks and the other religious authorities there wouldn't have written very complimentary things about the Vikings. So that's why they have such a predominantly negative reputation. On the other hand, the Viking side of the story has been handed down through epic poems and sagas. It's all oral history. And you know very well that oral history changes as it goes through the years. So we don't know a lot about them. That's true, and it's interesting comparing it to like stories like Beowulf and stuff like that. Those, those were also stories told in uh, in uh, similar uh, time periods by these these poets. And for Vikings, the Scandinavian peoples at least, uh, they were told by these people named skalds, and they would just recite these very intricate, um, detailed stories, um, and some of which were eventually written down after the people were assimilated with, with the Europeans, but a lot of them have been lost to history. Exactly. So we don't know what the term Viking itself means, but we have some guesses, and those guesses range from pirate to port mm-hmm. and even body of water. And the raids that Vikings would go on were known as I-Viking, 
sort of like yeah. iPod. <laughs> two different words. <laughs> right, right. Now, it's interesting, yeah, because our article on our site actually makes a good point in that uh, we should differentiate between Vikings as sort of an occupation of, like, they were really just pirates, and uh, they were part of these peoples from Scandinavia, like Sweden and Norway and Denmark and these areas um, north of, of Europe. Um, and so we should differentiate when we talk about them. Definitely. And Vikings were such courageous people, and I think that that's a fact that gets lost in the more glamorous aspect of the Viking legend, which, again, as you know, the raping and pillaging and, sure. and plundering, that's the sort of juicy stuff we like to hear about. But other scholars point out that they were also incredibly well-organized and very, very sturdy men. And another important point, all Vikings were men. Women mm-hmm. didn't have a place in that particular part of the culture. And we know that they founded Dublin, they conquered Normandy, they ruled half of England, they sailed to North America, they traded with the Middle East and North Africa. We even have some archaeological evidence that points to the fact that they traded with Turkey and Russia. And we did an earlier podcast um, about a month or so ago about Easter Island, and we talked about how the Easter Islanders left their home and sailed mm-hmm. in these, you know, sturdy but rather makeshift boats to who knows where they were going. And the Vikings were kind of like that, too. They had these clinker-built ships, which were made of over- overlapping planks of wood, and some scholars wonder if Vikings knew exactly where they were going or if, like the Easter Islanders, they were just setting out sail, hoping to find land somewhere. So yeah. you have to think that these people who were on these ships, these these crews were up against high, uh, high winds and stormy seas. There was very little opportunity to sleep. Sometimes, you know, they may have just landed just to get some rest. That's right. And it is, regardless of, like, what motivated them or, or whether they knew where they were going, um, it is amazing how far they went. Like, if you look at a map of, of where they went, it, it's just interesting. You never think of them going down into the Mediterranean, but they did. And um, and their ships were... were uh, amazing feat of technology at the time, too. They had uh, square sails, but they also had oars, so it was both sail and oar, um, and they're about between 45 and 75 feet long, uh, and they were double-ended, many of them, so that they could basically go either way without turning around. And historians speculate that it was actually motivated by the nature of their land, where they came from, is very inhospitable. Uh, it was, it's mountainous and it's cold and... And what's more, when you think of Scandinavia, you also think of lots of islands and peninsulas and, and smaller parcels of land. And so the Vikings expanding their empire, they needed more land or they needed to go to places that had resources that they couldn't support on their soil and bring it back. Mm-hmm. And you were referring to this, this population boom in the Scandinavians and some historians think that there was a warming trend and that contributed to the ability to grow more food, which Ooh, led really? to a bigger population. And eventually, uh, the clans that existed within the Vikings, you know, the Scandinavians encompassed the, the Swedes and the Danes mm-hmm. and, um, other groups of Scandinavian tribes. They were, um, they were fighting each other so much that they had to go out and strike new territory. That's true. And what also contributed to this is because they were surrounded by water. And so that was a great source of food for them was to go fishing. And they were lucky enough to have like plenty of trees around, and so they they quickly developed good good ships, as we mentioned, and and this all came together, and that they would go raiding. 
Exactly. And another factor was that whether you were Norwegian or Swedish or Danish, it was very much a matter of tradition to be a Viking. Maybe your father was, maybe your father's father, father's father's father. And it was considered, you know, very manly and very virile to be a part of this culture. And some of these men were so virile that they were called berserkers and they would fight with the intensity of beasts, even drape animal pelts on themselves. And they acted as though they were immune to pain. It yeah. was sort of wild. But again, part of this tradition. And other historians speculate that uh, Viking raids could have been carried out by exiled Scandinavians. They would have put criminals, mm-hmm. convicted criminals, on ships and just told them to sail away, get out of Dodge. And if you were a hard-up criminal on a ship in the middle of nowhere, you would probably be tempted to steal from the first parcel of land that you saw. You it, would take the resources, yeah, too. Yeah, sure, sure. And uh, that makes sense. That theory does make sense if you think about uh, the story of how um, some Vikings founded Greenland. Um, because uh, you might know that the uh, Vikings had settled Iceland pretty early on, and uh, there was this one Viking named uh, Eric the Red who actually committed murder. And so the Vikings exiled him. And so he had heard stories, oh, there's land to the west, um, sort of legendary stories. And so he um, took his boat and he headed out there with his people, his men. And so he founded Greenland after that. And uh, his son, aptly named Leif Erikson, uh, actually went west further after him and founded um, land on North America. And it's interesting to look at the type of government that Vikings had in Scandinavia because we've said before they were extremely well organized. And while they may have been somewhat bloodthirsty, there was a method to the madness. And we know that they had a a primitive democracy. They had assemblies called things and they met pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. And so it was very much a controlled procedure whenever they went out. And the raiding parties that settled at different ports in different countries eventually evolved into armies. And so they would sometimes stay behind, not all of them, but some of them, in the lands that they they raided. And they would either assimilate among the people or they would strike deals with the leaders to get part of the land. And one of um, the most interesting stories about that is how they came to acquire Normandy. And one of the Viking rulers struck a deal with the Frankish king, Charles the Simple, and it was it was a pretty simple deal. Uh, <laughs> the deal was, if you convert to Christianity, uh, Viking leader, then I will give you Normandy. Yeah. And thus, Vikings got Normandy, and France was appeased. And it was almost, not exactly, but it was similar to a way of paying tribute. And that was something that Vikings would demand of other lands. And we've discussed tribute on another podcast before, but basically the premise of having someone pay you money so you don't bully them. Sort of like, you yeah. know, the, the bully taking your, your lunch money and agreeing not yeah. to beat you up as sure. an exchange. Sure. And it, it, a similar story actually happened in England. We were talking about Normandy. Um, England has this uh, famous Alfred the Great. He was like the only English king, I think, who was given that, that the great title. But he is mostly famous for uh, holding off the Vikings. And he did at one point make an agreement like that one in that the Viking leader, this one was called uh, Guthrum, he uh, promised to convert to Christianity. And Alfred actually ended up being his godfather. Um, How about that? <laughs> yeah, and this was an exchange. So he said, oh, you convert to Christianity and you can have some of this land. And he also made deals, like you said, of, of paying them uh, to for to stop by, uh, fighting and it worked for a while. And so we've been mentioning that Vikings weren't just raiders, but traitors. And you may be asking, well, where's the evidence for that? And if you look at some of the sites that archaeologists have uncovered, you can see that it reads like a veritable map of where have the Vikings been. And we see that some Vikings buried in Sweden are buried in um, Chinese silk. 
garments made of Chinese silk. And then mm. other Vikings uh, who were buried in burial ships are they're painted blue. And, and whether it's Indian indigo or it's lapis from the Middle East, we're not sure, but it's definitely evidence that they were trading with these people. And we know for sure it was a trade and not a raid because there were these thin silver coins called durhams and they were manufactured in Baghdad. But it would have been a way of, of bartering and trading and giving commission for these goods and paying back instead of just taking that's true, and it's interesting. I guess it would make sense that we believe now that they set up trading posts in the, in the places where they did raid. Um, and it's interesting going back to uh, how their ratings works. The like when they ended up raiding uh, the coasts of, of Europe and such, they would use um, very advanced tech, uh, technological weapons. Um, that would, and they were so swift about it that people could hardly muster their defenses when when the Vikings came storming in. And what they particularly used, they used uh, long swords, javelins, but especially the battle axe. They're known for using the battle axe and like, throwing it, um, but also bows and arrows and stuff like that. And for um, protection, they used uh, padded leather. Um, and breastplate plate of iron often, and like the very rich, uh, could use a mail shirt, which it, it was expensive and it took a while to make, but, um, they had that technology. And their helmets were made of iron. What's interesting about their helmets, you, you may, uh, have an image in your mind of a Viking helmet as like a metal piece down the middle for the nose to protect the face. But if in your mind, you might also be picturing the famous horns on a, on a helmet. You see this in like Capital One commercials, you know, like Vikings with their horns on their helmets. And this is actually kind of, uh, not true. At least archaeologists believe now that they wouldn't have worn these in battle and that it would have added extra weight. It would have been awkward. And it's true that archaeologists have have found some of like evidence that these existed, but um, they believe it uh, predated the Viking Age. Mm-hmm. And if you're wondering what the other Scandinavians who were not Vikings were doing, well, we have an answer for you. They were farmers, they were fishermen, uh, they were merchants, and we know for sure that these professions existed because there are different types of ships dating from around the Viking era, and they're all different sizes, and they're built in different ways for different functions, and we know that there are separate ones that exist for carrying cargo, for conducting war raids, and for fishing. So, if you weren't a Viking, you could still be involved in Scandinavia. All (laughs) hope is now lost. And there's just so much more for you to learn about Vikings and about Scandinavia and that particular time period, so be sure to check out our articles on HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com.